I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you Shots. like. What a stop! Chance for Ben! Oh! Jordan Ben! Yes! Jordan Ben! I mean, that sort of stuff, we're, it, it's been... We're, be we're bigger than that. That interview is just like the performance, flat. No. What, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, he's... Say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up, fire it up, when we finally turn it over. Hello, welcome along to the Friday Football Podcast. It's been a while. We've been very busy, which is why we haven't been able to make it for the last couple of Fridays. We do apologise. We did have at least one tweet from a loyal listener saying, where are you guys? <laughs> I'd like to listen to you on the way home on a Friday. So uh, last week was an FA Cup week and the previous week, I think it might have been slightly forgotten about. It is just myself and Dave this afternoon. Adrian Hello. Barry's commitment to the cause. He's just given up at this stage. Ever since he got that big job, he doesn't care about the Friday football podcast. We do though, Dave. Well, I, I don't blame him. If I was given the keys to the suit, I would just look down on you guys as well. You I'd guys. Have, I'd have no time for any of you. But wow. unfortunately, I'm still one of Thankfully. you. <laughs> Thankfully, you are still one of us. So, we have a big weekend in the Premier League coming up. A double header, as always, coming up on Sundays off the ball. I'm Pretty going to be at tasty Stamford one as well. Bridge. Huge in the race for the title and in the battle for the top four. Uh, my one more to do with the title. Uh, Chelsea against Southampton, who are still there contending for a top four position despite a really bad run of form recently and the goals drying up. That's at half one kickoff at Stamford Bridge on Sunday. I'll be alongside Ray Houghton. And then you're going to be at Old Trafford for Manchester United against Spurs. This will either be the beginning of the End. sensational finish to the season for Manchester United in which Louis van Gaal's philosophy suddenly breaks through and is very visible and they storm into the top three or four or it's the beginning of the end. It's also the beginning of a seriously difficult run for them where they have to take on Liverpool which is also live and off the ball next week. They have to take on Arsenal and they have to take on Manchester City. So it's going to be very O'Chelty in there as well. So look, then this I don't next see what month, could possibly go wrong. They're going to have to take 10 points from the 18 games involving those five teams I mentioned and Aston Villa. At the very least, they need 10 points, if yeah. not 13 or 14. And it's very difficult to see them achieving that. We will come to the Sunday games in a little while. There's also a lot of games on tomorrow, which we'll have reporters at. But it is the middle of March and there is still, what, 10 games remaining for all the teams. So now, of course, is the perfect time to pick your player of the year, which is what the... Players have been asked to do this week. The PFA Player of the Year voting forms are out there. They have to have them back, uh, which seems completely ridiculous. Are they still posted back? Old school? Or can you just surprised. drop an email to somebody? I, w I would imagine at this stage they try and make it as easy as possible. So why Actually, not leave I think it until what might happen is the end of the season? I think what might happen is that every club has a PFA rep, so they yeah. bring the forms into the training ground and you fill them out there and then. So there's going to be six nominees for Player of the Year and six nominees for Young Player of the Year. So we were thinking, why not just throw a few names in there as well? Who we would nominate for Player of the Year at this particular moment in time. So, right, let's see. If you want to tweet us at Off The Ball and you have some ideas for players who should be in there. This isn't, as the season draws to a close, we might do an alternative best team of the season and things like yeah. that. But this is just very much who we think will be nominated or who should be nominated at this stage. So, player of the year. Will I give you my six? Go on. Alexis Sanchez. Eden Hazard. Nemanja Matic. 
John Terry, David De Gea, Sergio Aguero. Right. How many of you got? We correlate on three. Okay. Um, Eden Hazard, Alexis Sanchez, and David De Gea. Right. I've gone with Harry Kane. Not having it. <laughs> Did I say that on some of yours? No, go on, go on. Yep, I'll, I'll let you A little finish. bit of manners, please. I A little apologize. bit of respect. I apologise. Harry Kane, Diego Costa, and Philippe Coutinho. Hmm, interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I, I like what you've done there. I did have Diego Costa. The three who I was thinking about were Diego Costa, Cesc Fabregas, and Jose Font, who I think actually might end up in the team of the season, right. but probably isn't going to get nominated for Player of the Year. Harry Kane didn't really come into my reckoning for Player of the Year. Why? He scored 24 goals this season. In all competitions. Yeah. He's I, also scored 17 Premier League goals. I, I still think that these six guys... as many as Diego Costa. So well, I that's actually why I don't have Diego Costa in there. I was trying, you, you could have made a case for four or five Chelsea players. And this is why it is completely ridiculous picking your player of the season now. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have Sergio Aguero in there. No, because... So you have no Manchester City player in there. No. And I have three Chelsea players and not including Fabregas and Costa. Fabregas would have been seventh on my list. He's yeah. here on my list and I've just cancelled him out. So it, it, it doesn't make any sense because Manchester City could win the league. Yeah. Chelsea could have, implode from here on. Chelsea could have three players, possibly even more, three or four players nominated for player of the year, not win the league, City win the league and have nobody on the list. Yeah. It, it makes is a bit no sense. ridiculous that it is. But we have this debate every season. Why yeah. are they being polled now? Um, because we've had guys win the the uh, the last four winners, for example, of the Player of the Year, Luis Suarez, he was sensational, away. pretty much from October when he came back from his band. So that was there was no debate there. Gareth Bale, the previous season, he was strong right to the end. So even though this early polling took place, it couldn't be questioned. Robin van Persie, the season before, again he kept it going right to the very end. Bale, the previous season, didn't though, and he was one of several players over the last decade who have been sensational. Think of the Orion Giggs won it, for example. Um, it was almost like a, a lifetime achievement award. There, yeah. was it two thousand and eight, maybe two thousand seven or two thousand eight. And it because the polling took place so early, if you had to do it again at the end of May, he would not have won it, and Bale would not have won it. Yeah, and there's several of these players could fall into that category. So Alexis, Alexis Sanchez, Sanchez for a who start. over the last few weeks, Fabregas. Has faded. Fabregas has faded. Again, these players have played a huge amount of games. I'll go back to that stat. Even make a case for Costa as well on my list. Yeah. Like Alexis Sanchez last year, I think it was 73 games he played in 2014, which was when they did a comparison between all the top players in Europe. He played more than anyone. And he's still playing every single Mm. game. And also, he doesn't seem to be playing quite as well since Mesut Ozil came back into the side. So he could fade over the next few weeks. Five goals away from home all season mm. from Alexis Sanchez, which is a telling factor as well. I think. They play very differently away from home as we've they seen. Do, they play a little bit deeper. You would expect it to be, given how many poor teams there are in the Premier League, you would expect it to be a little better than that. Going off on a slight tangent, what I would like to see Arsenal do is play Alexis Sanchez up front. Now that they have Ozil back, move Alexis Sanchez and play him instead of Olivier Giroud. And get him back among the goals. Get him involved a little bit more. Because I think when he was there and Ozil wasn't there, everything came through Alexis Sanchez. Whereas now a lot of it goes through Ozil, which means Sanchez probably isn't getting half as many touches as he was. Or the other Ozil. option being not play Mesut. Well, that that would be that that <laughs> probably would have been my preferred option yeah. uh, as well. But I don't think Arsene Wenger is going to do that. So Harry Kane, I I can see why people are going for Harry Kane. He's been brilliant 
over the last few months and he's finishing fast. He was announced as player of the month uh, today the for the second in a row. row. And First he guy since scored, Cristiano Ronaldo. One of the big things for me over the last six weeks, he has scored big goals. Huge goals in terms of the overall context of Tottenham season. The two goals in the derby win over Arsenal. The two goals that they dug a win out against Queen's Park Rangers last weekend. They're not uh, the second or third goals in a comfortable victory. Yeah. It's not the opening goal, say, in a 2 or 3-0 win. He is getting goals that are taking three points for his team. And I think back to the match against Aston Villa where he scored a free kick yeah. in the final minute when they came from 1-0 down they scored two late goals and they've scored a lot of late goals this season and it was only then that he was actually getting into the side it's still hard to believe that Maurizio Pochettino wouldn't give him a run mm. in the league for the first 10 or so weeks How many goals would he have scored had he started from the beginning of the season? Well, be well Maurizio Pochettino would say what if but maybe I handled him correctly maybe I just eased him into the side maybe the reason he's finishing strongly when all these guys are starting to fade is that he was a little bit more well rested at the start of the season he could make that argument and also that I was starting him in the Europa League and that's where he sort of cut his teeth and began to gain some confidence which was then transferred into the Premier League I think that would be a little disingenuous I wasn't sure he was being overly convinced by Kane at the time he did say at the time didn't he that the only reason the media and the supporters want me to play him is because he's English yeah when in fact they wanted to play him because he, he was, was clearly the best striker <laughs> at the football club but that's by the by uh, you don't have Sergio Aguero I have Sergio Aguero. Again, he, was he last hasn't on kicked my a list. ball in a month, really. That, that was my issue. He was the sixth of my six nominees and I just had to have him in there because Manchester City could still win the league mm. and if they do, it'll be all down to Sergio Aguero. He's been by far and away their outstanding player. The Chelsea one, John Terry... If John Terry wasn't such a dislikable character... I was never putting him in my list. I would have... I think John Terry would be player of the season because whereas Fabregas and Costa have faded out a little bit in recent weeks, Azar maybe didn't start the season brilliantly and Matic isn't the type of player who ever is going to win player of the season. Terry, this totemic English centre-back, is the guy everyone would get behind. But do they want John Terry? Do the players in the other clubs want John Terry to be player of the season? Has Insane. he been as good as you say he has been? For example, Tuesday night, where was John Terry when he was when someone was required to well, John Terry win back-to-back corners against Thiago Silva? Where was he when Tottenham were, being, were hammering Chelsea at White Hart Lane? Uh, yeah, I think where was picking, he when I Burnley think, were winning free headers to take a point from Stamford Bridge? Yeah, well, their last five goals conceded have all been from headers. I get your point, but I think you can pick apart every player this season has had bad games. True. And also... He has had to play with Gary Cahill, who literally, as we saw on Wednesday night, was getting in his way as Thiago Silva was going. <laughs> John Terry was about to get out across there and, at the very least, put a little bit of pressure. And Gary Cahill just body checked them. And had the hint of the Green Bay Packers about it, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Against Seattle. Just get out of the way and let someone who knows what they're doing take care of the situation. Yeah. So, if anyone else has some nominees for Player of the Year, uh, do tweet us with them to off at off the ball on Twitter. The Young Player of the Year actually was far more difficult because it is somewhat ludicrous that it's under 23 and not even under 23, 23 or under at the start of the season. So there was guys, I was going through my notes from, because to find under 23s is quite difficult to know exactly who is. I was going through my notes from the start of the season like, my original six picked and then I've got six other guys going, I can't believe he's still Mm. eligible. So So, theoretically, guys who have five or six 
full senior Premier League seasons mm. under their belt can still win the Young Player of the Season award and that's why in so many recent seasons we've had this situation involving Gareth Bale Cristiano Ronaldo where they are experienced pros mm. they may only be 21 but they're walking away with both awards I don't think that like Eden Hazard for example could in the eyes of some should win both the Young Player of the Year and the Player of the Year awards I'm going first this time ok that's fair enough um, clearly Eden Hazard is on my list yep. Um Philippe Coutinho. Yeah, he's <laughs> That's on my list. Two from two, <laughs> compared with in comparison with my first list for the senior player of the year, Harry Kane. Yeah, and this is where things just got a little bit difficult for me. I like you. I'd about ten guys. I'd Ryan Mason, but he's just been edged out. David de Gea, clearly. Yeah, he probably should be in the player of the year, given that he's comfortably in Manchester United. He's in my United's player of the year. Best player this season. Um, I have gone with Christian Eriksen because of the amount of big goals he got from October to January. A lot of the games, Tottenham were winning 2-1, and it was down to a little bit of magic from him, and I'd commentated on a few of those games. And the sixth one was very difficult. As I said, Ryan Mason has dropped out. Nathaniel Klein could have been in there. He's dropped out. Abel Bentaleb could have been in there. He's popped out. I'm going for one a little bit from left field. I'd be amazed if he's on your list. Okay. Emre Chan. God damn it! We've the exact same six! <laughs> Harry Kane, Eden Hazard, Emery Chan, Philippe Coutinho, David De Gea and Christian Eriksen are my six. The well, exact bit, same. It's a bit boring, isn't it? It is a bit bloody boring. <laughs> and also, the list of names of guys who were close were Ryan Mason, Raheem Sterling, Nabil Bentaleb, Nathaniel Klein and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who I know you're not convinced on. I think has had a great season for Arsenal and has been so important for Arsenal when he has played. Raheem Sterling, if this was Raheem Sterling's breakthrough season you would probably have him on the list. It's just that he set such high standards last year that at times he's been a little bit inconsistent over the course of this season. I don't, I, I, I don't think I would have Coutinho in my player of the season list. I think definitely, certainly in the young player list, but Liverpool were so poor for a good chunk of this season, for a good three, four months of this season, and Coutinho didn't stand out. But given that the last two months of the season bear no relevance to this award... Why should the first two <laughs> <laughs> Essentially what you're saying is we should just so even on that John I can go back to John Terry and say well that Burnley match should be of no relevance to this discussion. <laughs> I'm thinking the last four winners of this award Azard Bale Walker Kyle Walker that is and uh, Jack Wilshire. but whatever How did Kyle Walker win the award? I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of what he did in the 2012-2013 season that made him so special. It would have been 2011-2012 season in fact. I'm not really sure there but this 23 and under, it's bizarre. Yeah, and it should be like, under 21. I'm tired of hearing... This was very relevant to Manchester United's defenders, actually, over the last five seasons. Chris Smalling, Johnny Evans, Phil Jones. These guys had five, six seasons under their belts and they were still being talked up as potential world-class central defenders. If you haven't shown what you can do at centre-half by the age of 21 or 22 and that you've been in the team in the Premier League for two or three years, I don't really see where there's justification to be talked about as having potential to be great. And a 23-year-old in the Premier League, as far as I'm concerned, unless it's someone like Ryan Mason, for example, yeah. he's not quite that old, but he's come up through the leagues and suddenly he's been given a chance. Harry Kane is another example. I don't think they should be considered. And the age needs to be dropped by at least two years. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I would pick you up on that is is centre backs a slightly different position. I do feel that whereas ten, fifteen years ago, people always said, "Oh, players peak when they're twenty-seven." Players now peak when they're 
24, 25, certainly a couple yeah. of years younger. But at centre-back, it, there's very few managers still who will take a risk on a 21-year-old centre-back in the Premier League. There's not a huge amount of them out there at the moment. John Stones at Everton, well, Emery look, Chan. Look at the great centre-halves of the Premier League era. You're looking at someone like John Terry, who was great when he was 23. Yeah. Um, and you think Jamie Carragher was great when he was 23. Rio Ferdinand was brilliant when he was 23. Um, I don't know where we can fit someone like Phil Jones, Chris Smalling, Johnny Evans into that category because they should be world-class central defenders now and they are a million miles from it to the point where Manchester United are probably going to have to go out and buy a couple of world-class centre-halves because these guys simply don't cut it. But 23 is just too high. Kyle Walker really stands out on this list. Is Firstly, because he's a defender where you go back through the names over the last 20 years and there's no defenders on the list at all. Going back 30 years, Kyle mm. Walker is the only defender to have young, won Young Footballer of the Year. But over the last 30 years, everybody who's won it has gone on to have a great career. And probably that's because it is 23. You're not, mm. If it's under 21, maybe there's a bit more risk involved. But this isn't the Heisman Trophy, you know, where maybe one out of every 10 will go on yeah. and have a stellar NFL career. This is player. These are players who are already established. I'm going the last guy not to make it. Paul Walsh is there for, from a season Let at Luton. 1984. Correct. <laughs> but Paul Walsh went on to have a, a decent career with decent, Liverpool. Decent, yeah. And um, from there on. But a couple of years before that, Steve Moran. Do you remember Steve Moran? Couldn't even tell you what club he played for. Southampton. Uh, and he won Young Footballer of the Year. Played right. for the England under-21s a couple of times. Made 228 appearances for Southampton, including playing for them in the UEFA Cup. Played for Leicester, Reading, Exeter, Hull. Never really happened for Steve. I wonder, was the age profile of what was then the old first division a lot higher than it is now? The average age of your top-flight player? Quite possibly. Uh, so there was more scope for a. So I am thinking that year, that was the year that Southampton came second or came in the top four. It's the last time, that season was the last time Southampton finished in the top four. Uh, which we'll leave it, we'll park that there for now because that's a nice little segue to get back into Southampton. Yes. And their battle to get back in the top four. They have stopped scoring goals. Graziano Pelle has completely fallen out of form. December 21st is the last time he scored a goal in the Premier League. I think we're up in 11 league games without a goal now for Graziano Pella and all their goals were coming through him one way or the other so but the thing for Southampton was keeping them in this and they are still in the race for the top four they're currently seventh but they're just five points behind Arsenal in third is that they're not conceding any goals they have an incredible defence 13 clean sheets this season more than anybody else so they beat Crystal Palace the last day 1-0 you look at their three games for that Lost 1-0 to West Brom, 2-0 to Liverpool, scoreless draw at West Ham, and even the games for that, a 1-0 win over QPR, a 1-0 defeat to Swansea. So as long as they can keep it tight defensively, they're probably going to just about hang in there until the last couple of weeks of the season. And this, I would imagine, is not the type of game that Chelsea want after what happened on Wednesday night. Well, at least they're at home. But the two results in there that are most significant for me, the one against Swansea was a disaster at home against a club that at that stage were really in a position where they had nothing to play for and then going to West Brom and losing. They're the kind of games that Southampton simply weren't losing between September and December and that's the reason why the gap to Arsenal is now five and I think within two weeks will be closer to ten. Yeah, I was at the Swansea game and they battered Swansea but just couldn't take a chance and Swansea nicked it right at the end. I was at the Liverpool game where 
I thought it might suit them a bit more because Ronald Koeman has spoken about this, that the problem they have is that teams now know Southampton. Mm. They're aware of Southampton. So they don't think of Southampton as a bottom of the table side or bottom half side where they'll go and they'll leave them plenty of space. Yeah, no, nobody's they know. underestimating them anymore. So teams are, teams are sitting back against Southampton and there's not as much space for them and they're struggling to break that down. You wouldn't imagine Chelsea will play like that. Chelsea will go for this which might create a little bit more space. The other thing is for Southampton, he's still playing Pella up front in every single match. He started well, every game this Shane season. Shane Long obviously would have been a replacement, but he's been out with an injury for so long. Well, he's been back. He's been on the bench for the last three games. He came off the bench in the last he two. didn't trust him when but, he was fit. But I'm just thinking, you have to start trusting somebody else. You yeah. have to change. You have to take Pella out of there for a couple of matches. Bring him on as an impact sub. I guess the problem is that he has Shane Long and he has the pace on the wings there with Elliot and Mane who's playing well, Mane, scoring a lot of goals in the last couple of months. Then maybe you just play the three of them up front, huge amount of pace, try and get at John Terry. If Ivanovic is bombing forward, there should be a little bit of space. But he has to change something because Ray Houghton will be on commentary on Sunday and he's been at a lot of these matches with me watching Pelé. And he doesn't win a header. If he's not in the form, he doesn't win a header. And what else is he there for? He's six foot four. Mm. So you're playing long balls up. He doesn't win a header. Looking more like the donkey that Adrian Barry christened him as, as earlier in the season. Well, he's not here, so we don't have to give him any credit. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that at uh, the end of the season. But Chelsea in the league, uh, seven games unbeaten since they were beaten 5-3 by Spurs. It'll be interesting to see what team he selects. Does he give some of these guys a break? They look like, a lot of these players look like they need just a week off just to get what happened on Wednesday night out of their system. Yeah, I think Chelsea are vulnerable here. The reaction to what happened on Tuesday will be very interesting. Now, typically, they have been able to bounce back from difficult results. This is an awkward one for them, given that it is Southampton, and Southampton are desperate for a result themselves. I just wonder, could a rot set in quite easy with Chelsea? Because the three guys that were so brilliant earlier in the season, Fabregas, Costa and um, Matic, I just don't think they're doing it to the same level certainly not Sask Fabregas and definitely not Diego Costa Costa looked a really frustrated figure on Tuesday evening against PSG they have I was reading the stat earlier I think it's six players six of their players have played over 2,000 minutes in the Premier League this season none of Manchester City's have mm. I think it's three of Liverpool's one of Manchester United's so he's relied on that spine constantly and you can understand why because they're wonderfully talented players and they've been playing well but you'd also wonder what it says to the guys sitting on the bench so Philippe Luiz they've spent 20 million pounds on him we're thinking he's going to be competing with Azpilicueta at left back Philippe Luiz is sitting there now thinking he doesn't trust me yeah and you're getting to a stage of the season where you're going to need those guys you're going to need your Philippe Luiz you're going to need William players like this to come in play matches make an impact but if they're sitting on the bench for so long, you'd just wonder, even Loic Remy. And there's guys in the pitch clearly not doing it. Oscar, for example, I think is having a terrible season. I was checking the odds on the footballer, the the player of the year, and he was on the list. Oh, yeah? I wouldn't have him in the top 20. No, I I think he had, a, he, had, he had a very good spell for a couple of months. He's another player who, like Alexis Sanchez, played an incredible amount of football mm. over the past couple of years. Yeah, right through the World Cup and... A lot of pressure on them as well. So it's a. I think Chelsea could slip up here. I would still back them to win if I had to put a bet on the game. But if they were just to drop something here, it might give Manchester City some impetus. Although I think City are vulnerable this weekend as well, given what they have been through and what they w- could potentially go through. 
on uh, next week when they take on Barcelona. City away to Burnley. That is the late game tomorrow evening. We're going to be talking to Stephen Ward uh, on tomorrow's show ahead of that game and also about Ireland's match against Poland. Yeah, so City away to Burnley. You don't think this is well as easy as it comes? No game against Burnley is easy anymore, but they do managed to pick up a lot of points here and there as they did against Chelsea for example and they went to the Etihad and they took a great point as well when they were 2-0 down in that game and I think Burnley will have enough confidence to have a look at Manchester City now and just think you know these guys actually are there there for the taking certainly in terms of getting a point out of the game City will have been scarred by what's gone on over the last two or three weeks the Barca game the Burnley game and they were so bad against Liverpool it was an astonishingly pathetic performance from a team that's supposedly full of confidence full of world class players uh, with a manager who believes in the philosophy and a team looking to win the Premier League title and the way they sat back and tried to get out of Liverpool with a point was quite embarrassing from their point of view and given that they have to go to the Camp Nou on Tuesday is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday I just wonder could the wheels start to come off for Manchester City and another aspect of it that I would throw in there is not only are they looking up they're very much looking over their shoulder now Ah, you you keep saying this all season but they have not pulled away from anybody no they're but they've consistently clear stayed clear of Manchester of United four clear of Arsenal that's one bad result and suddenly you're within one game of been overtaken I cannot see any way that City don't finish in the top two what, what, where's the logic for that given that Arsenal are four points behind them the logic is they've been consistently in the top two all season and every time we have this conversation about City they bounce back. But they are not clear of these teams. Well, they're not clear yet, but I it's don't see... It's highly possible they could be caught. It's possible. I, I certainly wouldn't stretch to highly possible. I think there is an almost 40-60% chance of them being <laughs> caught. By Arsenal in particular. Because Arsenal can go on a run of wins and City, having to play the Derby, for example, could easily drop points. If they play like they did at Anfield, they'll definitely drop points. Are you underestimating how good Liverpool were that day? Um, I, Liverpool were excellent. They were excellent. And you have to give them a huge amount of credit. But the two goals that they won the game with were absolute goal of the season mm. contenders. And Manchester City didn't land a punch. I don't know how much of that was down to the pressure Liverpool put on them. Because Manchester City's game plan was one which didn't allow them to do anything in the game. And that would have to change. So I think that they're going to struggle. I think they could struggle this weekend. And I genuinely believe they can be caught. We better run through some of the fixtures because we're being kicked out of the studio as usual. The early game, Palace against QPR. QPR away from home, you can't expect a huge amount. But Arsenal against West Ham. Arsenal will also have one eye in Europe during the week. But just at home, we can talk about Arsenal's failings at home. Mm. They don't seem to have any. West Ham are in free fall. I don't think they're going to do much between now and the end of the season. That's three handy points for Arsenal. Leicester Hull is at three o'clock. Oh, that's a massive Ooh. game. It's a massive game. Not one I would be rushing in to sit down and watch. But Hull are hitting form. They scored some goals. They picked up two big wins in the last fortnight and Steve Bruce has been given a new contract. So things are certainly feeling a lot better or play, people are feeling a lot better about themselves around the KC Stadium. This is at the um, King Power. I think Hull will win that game and if they win this game, I think Leicester are down. Yeah, Leicester are seven points from safety. Seven points behind Aston Villa who are fourth from bottom. They're away to Sunderland. They got their win, Aston Villa. Can they get a little bit of momentum going there? part of my treble. All right. Oh, I think overall this probably will end in a draw. But I was going. I was a bit uh, ambitious with my travel this week, so I've put a villa in it. West Brom hosting Stoke. Who needs the points more? I think they're both well. Stoke. No, I think say, West, West Brom, Brom need it more. Maybe it's hard to call that one. Uh, Stoke have been 
quite good away from home this season. And Everton Newcastle is on Sunday as well, but also for a reporter at that, uh, that put back because of the Europa League. And then Swansea against Liverpool on Monday night. So what is your treble? My treble... It is Arsenal to beat West Ham. That's only two to five. So you won't get much out of that. Villa to win at Sunderland and Everton to beat Newcastle. Right. And that'll be just a second win, I think, at 13 Premier League games for Everton. But they were very good last night. Probably the best they've been in a long time against Dinamo Kiev. That's just over seven to one. I also have Arsenal against uh, West Ham. I'm going for Stoke to win away at West Brom. And I'm going for Chelsea and Southampton to finish in a draw. Oh, that'll massage your odds nicely. I'm not quite sure what the odds are, but I think that's close to 10 to 1. We haven't mentioned Manchester United Tottenham really. No. It is a huge match. You were at the scoreless draw. This one, I think, is yeah. going to be a lot more open. They were both it was a, bit a very wrecked. good game. They were though. wrecked that day. Yeah, well, they it were was at the end of the Christmas. Absolutely knackered. Yeah, I think for, for United, it been like something, their sixth game in 17 days. Um, Tottenham are the foreign team coming into it. They're just coming back to a little bit of form after quite a poor run, but the two wins against Swansea and QPR, both by the odd goal, will have given them a huge amount of confidence. United are playing with zero confidence at the moment, although in the first half I thought they were a little better against Arsenal on Monday night. But the previous game, they fluked the win at Newcastle. You see nothing in them that th- makes you think that they're it's about to turn. turn a corner. And he doesn't know his best 11, he doesn't know his best formation. No Still Angle a case Maria. of the Emperor's new clothes with Louis van Gaal. This is his test now. He needs to get this team through the next four weeks with, as I said, 13 or 14 points and show the board that he has done a good job. They are in the Champions League and they need to give him another 100 million in the summer. The whole thing could unravel over the next month. They flute their way to 28 games into the season. Now can they take advantage of that good luck that they've enjoyed and a spectacularly good goalkeeper and run with it from there? I don't think they can. We shall find out on Sunday, starting against Tottenham at Old Trafford. That's the four o'clock kickoff. Dave and Keith Andrews on commentary at that one. I will be at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea against Southampton alongside Ray Houghton. We will talk to you on Off the Ball over the weekend. Cheers, Dave. Nice one. Even if we knew which way to head.